0: mike oh, oh dude are we you? did it all right here we go do... you... how did yeah. that three dogs north is an attempt to objectify
1: the subjective with little violence as possible The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal Can't believe that worked.
2: Yeah, how, how did that work? Did, just because we hung up and restarted?
1: You just got to try a little. bit like Jimmy and the electrical outlet or something. You just got to keep hitting it and sticking forks in
0: it until it works. That is mainframe stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, I never... said it did take me back. I'm pretty pumped right now, but I was serious. What I said, Mike, when you thought I was talking about you, which I was, uh, <laughs> but. The dogs, man, no one celebrates little victories as well as the dogs.
2: Am I right? That's very true. That is very, very true.
0: We got to after celebrations.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the little things in life.
1: Mm. It is the little things. Well, does one of you, bro, dudes, want to pray?
0: Rob, why don't you take it away, dude? I got it. Yeah, sure. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Relax. We still don't know how to pray together. Well, with the latency over the
1: internet, it's kind of weird. It's weird? It's a little weird. Hey, um, Skype, Skype our, looks new. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was part of the maybe why you had an issue is that they updated it like they always do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, our patron saint, Father Oaks, his death anniversary was the other day. Yeah. Did you get that
0: email from Sister Alicia? Yeah, very nice. I actually printed... I printed off like, his notes from um, Christian State. Yeah, Christian State. And I'm going to take them to Poland with me just nice. to read through. Yeah. When are, you Gosh, going, when are you going to Poland? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Whoa. We got this I under know. the wire. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I fly out tomorrow. We're only gone for a week, but it is going to be off the hook. So, Dude, <clears throat> it's going to be good. Um, yeah. You, really you good. are
1: missing the oh hellos, though.
0: Gosh, I know, I would be there as well, but oh well, Poland it is, I guess. What are you doing in Poland? Krakow, uh, and we're, that's literally, we're just flying over there, I think so Father House can smuggle a bunch of art out, <laughs> is my guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, make no mistake about it, dude, that is <laughs> number one reason. yeah. Um, so that's that's number one uh, <laughs> um, I don't know We've been talking about it for a few years And it just worked out we could both go And got a really good price on tickets and, Oh is it just you uh, and him? Yeah oh, yeah. Sweet. So it's, yeah it's going to be great um, I had to so if we you were taking a pilgrim group or something No mm-mm. Nope um, so we're only gone for a week And we'll do like four full days in Krakow I think And we have a day trip planned to Wadovica and Chestahova. And then we are also going to take a day trip to Auschwitz. So it's going to be a pretty intense trip.
1: Wow. Yeah. All places you've been before?
0: Never. Nope. Never been in oh. Poland. Hmm. Nope. Never been in Poland. But I've been reading all about it. Uh, been reading Witness to Hope almost through that. Well, I, I got the abridged version of that. So it was like 10 hours on Audible. I'm almost done with it. And then I got this book like on Krakow and John Paul II that George Weigel wrote for the World Youth Day there. And it's really good. It just, like, it's a very readable kind of layout of the city and and everything. So um, I feel like I have a pretty good base, like, going into it just to get to know him a little bit better. And it should be, gosh, it should be tons of fun. That sounds like tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, then, yeah, we'll be back for all the Christmas festivities here mm-hmm. as well, um, which will be really good. But I'll pray for you dudes over there Thank for you. sure. And um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool. The Wawel, like where he was, I think that's where he was ordained in Krakow is like, no, that's where he had his first mass. He was ordained at the bishop's residence. Um But my gosh, dude, it's got like almost a thousand years of history. So it's got all these like kings and queens buried there. And, like, even the Iagilonian where he went, like, Copernicus went there as well. And, huh, like, multiple hope. other saints. Um, It's just, it's, like, it's going to be a, it's just a real deal, like, cultural city. Um, I'm learning, anyway, which is really, really cool. And Witness to Hope, gosh, that's a good book. But there's just, there's stuff that's, like, brought tears to my eyes of Cardinal Sapieha was the Archbishop, like, when Watiwo was young. And so during, there must have been, yeah, like, the Nazi occupation. So the Nazis were in World War II, and then the communists came in after and all this oppression. Um, but there's just these cool stories of, like, I think it was when Sapieha went to Rome to get the red hat that they came back and, like, this group of, like, it was either seminarians or young people or something like kind of met him at the train and like carried him to the archbishop's residence and like Watieo was in that group and there's just always super cool like in kind of endearing stories about like John Paul II coming, you know, coming of age and it's going to be good. Going to be really good. That's awesome. Yeah. You'll,
1: you'll be in our prayers as well.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also, I learned. um, So, I was talking to a friend at Focus, and apparently, dude, the podcast booth at Seek sounds like it is going to be legit. Yeah. Like, (laughs) well, did they reach? Did you reach out to them, Bisk, or did they reach out to us? Do you know?
1: I I sent them an email. So I had talked to Father Nathan Goble of Catholic Stuff, and he told me about this booth. So I just sent an email to the general. Contact us, seek.com page, uh-huh. and uh, got an email back a few days later. And they put wow. us in. Yeah, I wanted to announce that. Well, first, if listeners want to see me and Father Mike, come to the O'Hellos oh Christmas concert at Thalia Hall on December 12th and look for us amid the crowd of tacky sweaters. Or if you want to see me, come to Crack Out in the next week. <laughs> so, so The third dog won't be there. But, yeah, we can officially – I. Th- I think officially announced. Well, nothing's really official on 3 Dogs North, but um we can formally promulgate this, uh January 6th at 5:30 p.m. in the media booth. 3 Dogs North is live and living color.
0: Get rowdy.
1: We've never we have never engaged the public. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, have we in person as 3 Dogs North?
0: That is true.
1: <laughs> so this I hope uh, I hope someone shows up.
0: Well, yeah. I was I so I was reading about like kind of their rationale and then just how legit this booth sounds. And I'll be honest, we are very, very, very in over our heads <laughs> yeah, in this I think, situation. I, I feel so. like we
1: shouldn't count, but we do for some reason because. Yeah. Now. Anyways, we'll see what happens. Yeah.
2: Hey, Rob.
0: What, what do you mean? What do you mean? This booth is legit. Okay. Well, the way it was described to me, if this is the case, the way it was described <laughs> was it's like this glass room that they have set up, and... and like I think one of our time slot is like there's no major talk going on. It's a dinner time slot, so they'll they're at like seventeen thousand people registered for this thing already. Oh my
2: goodness. So who knows
0: what they're gonna get to, yeah. and then. So like we have we're in the glass room with the equipment but then they they announce it when you're podcasting. Oh. So like everybody will be like walking in fr- and like can see you podcasting then and can uh, I hear you. I think so. I think they'd like play it um as well. I I could be totally <laughs> wrong in that. That's, That's how it's such described. That's a cool me. idea. It's I don't know if so I remember, cool. I never came yeah. with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. okay. First thing we have to do when we get there, shatter the glass. Okay, <laughs> figuratively <laughs> and literally. All right, I don't feel comfortable with barriers between us and the peoples. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Good point. What am, am I? I th- Are we all the popes? No, <laughs> absolutely not, dude. We we get outside the glass, mm-hmm. meaning we shatter it. So I will bring a crowbar. Yeah, okay. Um
0: We'll but take care also, of that. But also make sure that the glass is bulletproof, just in case. So. Yeah. <laughs>
2: We shatter that glass. We bring our own. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And we, and we put up our own bulletproof glass. Yeah, yeah, we can, can just pull- wear vests.
1: <laughs> I don't mean Kevlar bulletproof vests. I just mean vests, like yeah, decorative vests. Like,
2: okay, right.
0: All right. Didn't see who that coming, be, but that's cool. Who should be our celebrity guest invited oh. to be our silent guest at Seek?
1: Dang. Hmm. I Probably. think Zion, Zion Williamson. I'd like.
0: He's oh, a college yeah. kid. Maybe he'll be at Seek. Oh.
1: Yeah. We Didn't should do. oh we should send him some kind of DM on Twitter or something like come to Seek and you can be the guest on our podcast. Silent. <laughs> Silent. <laughs> but yes. What is a what is a DM? What does that mean? A direct message. Oh. get with the lingo. Aren't you a folk aren't you a uh, Newman chaplain? You gotta know DM, dude. Do you say lit a lot? That's what everybody I'm says hit. now. I'm
0: with it.
2: <laughs> hello
1: fellow a... kids how do you do <laughs>
0: i learned what uh i did have somebody explain to me the other day what the og means hmm. you know that one
1: yeah the origin I... of
0: god <laughs> oh yeah that's what i thought yeah <laughs> <laughs> seminarian humor baby
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's og original gangster
0: oh man whenever
1: I, I do something like that i talk like that all the college kids go ew and they cringe. <laughs> As I walk in and be like, What's up, gangsters? Like, oh ew. you gross. That was the worst. That is gross. I, gosh, which just encourages it. me all the more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. They they're basically pumping fuel into your dad <laughs> tank. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You no, know
0: that's <laughs> wow. But I, I do hope that we don't suck at Zeke with that many people Oh, there, man. So <clears throat> yeah, and they, we have an hour and 15-minute slot. It's 530 to 645. <sighs> All right. Oh, so, Mike, we break be. the glass. We put up our own glass. <laughs> yeah. What next? We don, don our vests. We
1: don our vests. <laughs> <laughs> that should be probably the first 20 minutes right there.
2: I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I'm also just kind of rejoicing in the fact that donning is a verb. <laughs> Hey, then we don our vests, and then we invite the special <laughs> silent guests mm-hmm. up. Which, this is my suggestion: it's the what is it? The Catholic stuff you should know podcast. Mm. <laughs> there are silent guests.
0: And they <laughs> yes. Just sit there. <laughs>
1: yeah, they just sit there all. And
0: only if Zion Williamson cannot make it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So or- you're,
1: you're familiar with Zion Williamson, Rob? Because Mike just introduced me to his highlight reel. Well, way. I think
0: actually, I think Mike was the one that introduced me to Zion Williamson
1: <laughs> like a month or so ago. It's out more. of this world. I was thinking about it like for a long time afterwards. I've
2: just never seen a human being do the stuff he does to a basketball goal. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> yeah, you almost I, feel like, seriously. what did I just watch? Do I need to go to confession? He just <laughs> he completely ravaged <laughs> that thing.
2: Seriously, the first time I watched it, I felt like it was a new stage for humanity like we <laughs> like we had accomplished something great the we quantum like, hey, leap
1: this is a new type of existence mhm yeah maybe he's an x man
0: what okay so Mets in your basketball Seriously. iq like what is kind of like par excellence of his game like what does he do that makes him zion williamson yeah i mean it's definitely the his power
2: his mm. Yeah, his power speed combo. Right, yeah, which means like somebody his size should not be floating like eight feet in the air like he is. <laughs> like, yeah. how are you an acrobatic six eight, almost three hundred pound person, five feet in the air, legitimately? He did, when he did the his basketball. Looks pass, like
1: it looks like a tennis ball or like some playground blam ball or dodgeball in his hand, and the full extension that he has. Every time he does one of those alley-oops, the ball looks like it's going to fly over the backboard, and he goes up and gets it, fully extended, and then just slams it, dude. Goes hammer and tongs on the freaking goal.
0: (laughs) Okay, here's another idea for the Seek booth. Assuming we get Zion Williamson to be our silent guest. So he's back there in the glass room with us. So if Bishop Barron has Jared Zimmerer and like the other, I can't remember his name, but the other bodybuilder guy for like his entourage bodyguards. Mm-hmm. What if we got like Freddie Medina and Emmanuel Torres Fuentes for I'm our uh... bodyguards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Emmanuel
1: Towers Fountains?
0: <laughs> Shout out to Emmanuel. I <laughs> On love E-Manuel. that Manuel. Yeah. He, he is now employed by Three Dogs North. <laughs>
1: He's a priest yeah, now, right?
0: Mean. Yeah, yeah, he is.
2: Yeah. Dog in yeah. good standing. Dog in good standing. And if none of those guys work out, then we could probably get Pope Francis. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> probably.
1: <Okay. laughs> I was assuming he'll be there. All right. Yeah. So I have a, th- a third thing I wanted to announce. So the seek thing, December 6, 530 to 645, be there. Be B there. Be square. Uh, or failing that, see two out of three of the three dogs north at the Ohelos concert. Um, December 12th in Chicago. Finally, I had this idea I want to run by you. I already kind of have it in the works uh, with, <laughs> with DC Danielle center to make t-shirts for three dogs North. Like I had this idea to do a limited run. Some design that's sort of esoteric. I trust her to make something cool, but the reason I'm throwing this out there before we actually have anything is that <clears throat> maybe there's some catchphrase or something. It's hard being the ones actually talking and never listening to our podcast. If there's some catchphrase or something that would be funny on a t-shirt that would be sort of an inside joke for listeners, I thought that would be kind of a cool thing to, there's these websites that you can get that will, up. you can upload a design and they can make nice t-shirts and they take care of the inventory and all that stuff. So we wouldn't have to actually order them. People could just order them straight from a site, but they'd be nice oh, t-shirts cool. But I was thinking, like, Karma Has No Friends or um, Come For The Banter, Stay For The Nugs. <laughs> something, something emblematic of the podcast. Gorp. Gorp. <laughs> That's good. Oh, my That's God. a Christmas throwback.
2: <laughs> that is a Christmas throwback. Gorp, you foul beast of a Christmas tradition. Did you put up Gorp
1: <laughs> over Thanksgiving? Oh,
2: yeah, We haven't put up Gorp yet. I mean, he's still around, no doubt, because remember he's a styrofoam ball with pipe cleaners <laughs> he's indestructible virtually
1: i think what you said was pipe cleaners are basically what metal metal wires with fur or something like that you describe pipe cleaners i mean
2: that sounds accurate to me yeah. he's gorp is so indestructible it makes people angry <laughs> that's that styrofoam exists like he's made of he's made of that stuff
1: that's got a half-life of like half a million years yeah yeah, Gorb. Gorb will Gorb will foul. be hanging on Christmas trees long after we're dead. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um Yeah, I don't know what else. Well, I'm just throwing this out there in case people have an idea <laughs> for a cool t-shirt they can tweet at us that is to be say me or email us again, meaning me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, right
2: now, I'm just happy that you re-mentioned the Oh, Hello's concert because I had totally forgotten about <laughs> that bad boy, dude. Um, it is on the calendar, though. Let me tell you what. Year when... first. Very well, excited. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to talk after the show to figure out exactly uh, the where Yeah, where and when that is. Okay. September 12th. Yep. That's good. Oh, do I need to buy a ticket? You do. <laughs> oh, dude! I'm sure it's okay. Not so
0: Mets doesn't like to do that stuff. Connor, well, come on, come on,
2: man! Don't you have somebody for that? I wish, honestly, I wish I did. Everybody's life around me would be easier because things would happen uh, <laughs> the way that they're supposed to.
1: It sounds like you are pretty. Uh, you're pretty strapped for time these days, eh, McGill make, Mets? Make I don't know why yeah. I couldn't say your name just then. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's. You went to say it, and then you uh. w- went
1: up an octave, <laughs> and I shortened all the vowels. Meekal meets,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I think I have probably overcommitted myself. I think that's safe to say. Um, How did the army thing go? The first year as a priest, good, very good. It was honestly, it was super great being down there. It was my first weekend of drill, and it was family weekend. Um. And so I got to go down and meet all the families and soldiers that are in my unit. Uh, It was honestly very, very fulfilling just waiting as long as I have to actually start being an active participant um, in the army. So, man, I've been studying too much liturgy stuff (laughs) using liturgical phrases to describe my everyday life. active, full conscious, active participation in the Army. Uh, <laughs> guys. I need to get out of the classroom. Um, but right now, just trying to finish up a chapter of the thesis, which will also count as a paper. Won't be the exact same, but I'm going to use a lot of it for a paper for one of my classes here. So, nice. um, that deadline's coming up here in a bit. And I I wanted to do it for a class because it would kind of hold my feet to the fire to make sure I got this chapter mostly done but i'm sort of regretting it right now because i have to get it done before the end of the semester mm. but that's exactly why i did it it was kind of uh i need a deadline i'm a procrastinator yeah so mm. it's helpful but this morning like got to go to the parish so it was down in elwood illinois um yeah then came up spent some time let's see just writing last night and then was at the parish this morning and got to celebrate the seven and preach at the seven, which is a ton of fun and just uh, some beautiful families at the parish as well. So got to talk to them and feel rejuvenated. Honestly, what did you preach on? Um, I actually preached on Rule Seven of Ignatius' uh, Rules of Discernment. Oh, yeah, oh yeah,
1: that one. Remind for the listeners, why don't you remind them which that is? Yeah. For Mm -hmm. the
2: listeners, I will remind it, it's if you are in a time of desolation, um, remember... Make sure you change. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's when to make a change. Start making massive life decisions. (laughs) Buy a car, buy a house.
1: (laughs) Just do something to make yourself feel better. Like, go shop.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anything. Start using material goods to fill the empty void of darkness within you. (laughs)
1: By the way, dude, I will just interject... I talked to a student at Newman whose mother listens to us, and uh, she said she, she doesn't always catch the sarcasm, so she says she listens with her to us and says, like, hey, mom, they're joking. So now mm-hmm. I'm all, it's meta, like, I'm thinking she might be listening to this sometime in the future <laughs> explaining that we don't actually mean in Desolation you should make a change, that the rule is actually in Desolation don't make a change.
2: Yeah. Which is Mountains I and did.
0: valleys. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Joke.
2: Yes, um, and so the first reading today, I noticed that it was just incredibly beautiful, and it was
1: the prophet Baruch isn't it? just telling... That's a really nice reading. I had yeah. Not, I had not really I was, noticed that one before. I was yeah. in the middle
2: of explaining that, and then you just interrupted me. Okay, yeah, that reminds like, me of what I preached about, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice warm-up for me. Now, are you ready? <laughs> Uh, and so I just noticed how strikingly beautiful that reading was and then started just doing some reading on um, the entire book of Baruch, which I don't, I didn't know Jack squat squad about, honestly, um, and realized that it was written at the time of the Babylonian exile. Um, and so to understand it in that context would have been probably a time of great desolation and hardship for the people of Israel that... They were trying to figure out where God was and how to understand him correctly and how to worship him with the temple destroyed, cast out of their own land in their own sin, punished, removed, and are trying to repent to return back to the Lord and see if, is he still there with me? And there's actually a portion of the the book. It's called The Letter of Consolation. And a lot of these things just started triggering me to this, this rule, rule number seven, which says when you're in desolation, that... Remember remember essentially that God is still there with you and it it sounds strange because it it simply seems like like a mental exercise where it's like no just try harder to remember that God is with you, but it's saying more like Know with firm confidence that God never abandons you and always gives you the grace to To do his will essentially that although it feels like he's not there his grace is always sufficient And if you boil down the rule, it comes to and this really it makes me think a lot of JP2 and a lot of the resistance to totalitarian states that we saw in the 20th century. Like, yeah, resistance to communism and what JP2 really evoked within the people was this simple message that as the evil one comes and says, you can't, you can't, you can't that God's vision for Israel, as stated in this letter today, was, no, you can, and you are good, and I am with you, and you are made for God's glory. So I just spoke about, you know, in times of desolation, if this is your your situation, like, know that God does have this beautiful plan for you, and it's not always clearly visible, like it is, you have, like, the Old Testament reading in Advent, and then the New Testament fulfillment, and, like, you don't have a sense that there was 500 years of of this leading up to the fulfillment of the promise. So it looks all nice right now, but like our own life experience is much closer to I'm in darkness and I have no idea if God's actually going to fulfill me. So Baruch is giving this consoling message to say you can and not, and it's not like, Hey, rely on your own strength. But I say that you can do it because you have the image of God within you, which means that you have the Trinitarian power dwelling within you and because god's grace is sufficient for you you he you can do it because god is with you um so it's it's kind of evoking this like hard sometimes raw um experience of the combination of like willing something but willing it in in god's grace in and through god's grace that it's because of his grace that it activates our will and it allows us to stay true to him, even when we don't feel like it. So that's a long way of saying, like, honestly, my whole homily was just, you, you can do it. And, and God is still with you. Um, and we're, and we're waiting for him. We're, you know, we're waiting for that, for his coming in Advent. But like this old Testament reading was waiting for its fulfillment in Luke, you know, literally using the same words from Baroque as putting those words on the lips of John the Baptist. Um, mm-hmm. like we're, we also have this consoling message as we sit in sometimes darkness and, and wait for the coming of the Lord. But so that that was it. It's pretty preach good, dude. it, man. More more or less. Pretty, yeah. Pretty amiable. My is, notebook am I? fell. What's that? Nothing. My. What did, what did mm-hmm. you preach on Bisk? Yeah, because I, I know that's the only reason why you asked. <laughs> you asked, Rob.
0: What he preached? Oh, on? actually, Bisk didn't ask. I did. Yeah. But I was <laughs> curious. Wait, did I ask? Did I set myself up? Hey, Mike, what did you preach on? (laughs) Hey, good question, Mike. Fine, I'll talk about my homily.
1: (laughs) No, I was going to say the part that really struck me on the lines of what you said was this up Jerusalem line. Um, Because it's all about basically like standing watch for not the coming of the Lord necessarily in Baruch, but the coming back of the tribes from exile that hope against hope that they're going to get restored back to their old glory in Jerusalem. And he says, Stand upon the heights, look to the east, and see your children gathered from the east and the west at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that they are remembered by God. But that, that idea of being remembered by God was a, a pretty interesting one. Um, a lot of the Old Covenant is about remember, remember, remember. Don't forget that it was God that took you out of slavery in Egypt remember that he's the one that's guiding you and um sometimes punishing you and all the rest of it but the idea that god doesn't forget us that seems to be the kind of kernel of the old testament is that even when we forget him he doesn't forget us even if a mother could forget her child i'll never forget you yep. but one thing that i've uh sometimes i think about when i get up there and preach something like that which i've done a- many times like even in darkness even I did that this morning to some extent we had similar homilies when things kind of seem crazy and that there's no hope that God is coming and he's going to help you um sort of like talk is cheap sometimes I feel like I'm not accusing you of this Mike but myself rather that I don't know that I've really suffered a lot you know like just for the last week or two weeks or a month basically i've i've had more trouble falling asleep at night and it's not like i'm stressed or anything like that but do you ever have those runs where you're like what am i doing am i drinking coffee too late or looking at screens too much or do i have too much on my mind and i'm not praying enough what, why is it when i lay down to sleep i feel tired and then 45 minutes later i'm more wide awake than i was when i laid down mm-hmm. um and i'm not again i'm not thinking about anything particularly stressful just like i think maybe some of it's i'm worried about am i doing a good job and that's it's kind of like what we talked about last time about like who am i trying to impress just when i do come to my senses and start just praying the rosary i do normally calm down so it is true but just something so simple as being able to fall asleep i take for granted um just as i take my legs working and my digestive system not being you know in pain or chronic back pain or like basically dying or losing loved ones or all the many things that we kind of, the people in our congregations are undergoing when we say, God's coming to help you, you know? Um, but I don't know about you, but for my part, I'm, I'm pretty scared of suffering still, even though I believe very firmly in what you just said. I'm very t- scared of the darkness of like, what about when that comes, you know? Or when you finally are dying and you look back on your life and you're like, well, now it's, now it's really all Jesus. That's all I have. And are you going to cast all your cares on him and trust like he is going to come and stand outside my grave and say, come on, get up. Let's go. It's kingdom time. Uh, and I guess that's the project of life is to, to I think of like Kira Abadano and her hair falling out. Um, as she's dying of cancer and being like, this is for Jesus and every little bit, just freely giving it away. You know, my knee starts hurting from doing squats and I'm like, Oh my gosh, ugh!" if I'm not able to run as fast as I did when I was 21 or be able to play basketball or like the little things that I like doing, just the thought of losing them. Uh, I'm a pansy dude when it comes to suffering, you know what I mean? Yeah. Story complete. But I think that that's where the, to me, that's where the rubber meets the road in all of this, you know, and, and the salvation that he's coming to bring is not like the salvation he came to bring the exiles to just bring him home and give him wealth and prosperity and a promised land. But like, we really do have to carry the cross first and die before we get to the homeland it's going to get a lot darker before it gets lighter, you know? You've
0: Got to die in order to go to heaven, man. You do. That's a Father Oaks oh. memory there. hmm. Mm hmm. Homage.
1: Yeah.
2: That should be our catchphrase. Except it's not very funny. It's just real. <laughs> you have to die to go to heaven. Dude, that's such a good line. That's so good. Well, that Maybe was, not as but... That's beautiful. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I my notebook fell over in the middle of the homily, which hasn't happened to me before. And I just ignored it and cuz I was kind of getting into what I was saying. And um I think I forgot a point on there that that is also a temptation as well, like when you are in the exile and um it's definitely something that I I fall into as well when you're in that that desolation. And you may not be consciously saying like, oh, God has abandoned me or, oh, uh, like, I I really don't believe he's there with me or whatever. But like the the Israelites, when they were exiled, you know, Ezekiel is right after Baruch. And a large portion, I remember from our prophets class of Ezekiel, is him trying to stir the people (laughs) back to wanting to return to the Holy Land Hmm. because... Babylon was such a dope city. They were like, yeah, this is pretty good. And they just started settling down and Mm. essentially becoming satisfied with their exile and like just being okay with living in desolation kind of a deal. And I I think honestly, that's probably my biggest temptation is like, Oh, I guess it's just going to be this way. Oh, I I just have to keep coming. And, um, I mean, I, I, yeah i don't even know what it would look like necessarily if you're constantly praying but you can definitely like negate prayer altogether to forget to forget what it feels like to be in relationship with the lord or forget what it the the fulfillment that like really doing his will that that it brings and and then i you just have people who are just going going to mass and not expecting anything um which i guess is kind of a good thing but does that make any sense where you almost become satisfied in your desolation yeah. almost become satisfied yeah. in your exile yeah. that's very true so i would have said that but i forgot about it and got too fired up about well i just wrote that stuff. down
1: because i have a mass yet to celebrate so mm. I'm hey, gonna steal that.
2: trademark you have to give me props on that all right it's intellectual property
1: <laughs> yeah but it belongs to mundelein seminary because you just said <laughs> oh. it on the podcast
2: Curveball. Oh, does Gus Belowskis own my words?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do get caught up in that sometimes in the homily. I need to just let it go. But I will work really hard to make sure that whoever's whoever's actual idea it was, it's attributed as close to them as possible. I need to let it go. Sometimes I'll like I'll cite people citing other people. I'm like, dude, Mets, shut up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, a priest told a story in a homily that was actually from another priest's homily. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the I, Bottom line is, this is, is not original content.
2: In a homily right now?
1: <laughs> uh, but you do have to be somewhat scrupulous. I know at least one priest who shall remain nameless who started the practice of telling stories as if they were true, but they were completely fictitious. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, like... If Somebody had counseled him that it's okay because there's truth in the story. Um, I know a particular friend of mine who would hate this, but this other friend, he does this. And my favorite one was he told a story. I forget what the gospel was, but he told a story that was, again, completely made up. It could be true. It's plausible. But um, a man who had not been faithful to his wife and was not a good husband was in a car crash, and it caused him to go blind. And as he's laying in the hospital recovering, his wife is, you know, serving him and waiting on him, and he feels so bad and humbled by the whole thing that he took her for granted and everything like that. And when push comes to shove at the end of the story, he said, I had to go blind to see how beautiful my wife was or something like that. <laughs> it's such a – it's made up. It didn't happen. <laughs> it's, that is- it's Awful, got this dude. little corny storybook line at the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he said people were just mm. eating out of his hand. Like, oh, that's so nice. What a story. Oh, man. But who knows? Dude. Even though I've cited stories, they could be made up. That yeah, that's right, true, but it's not people. intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't intentionally deceive. Yeah. yeah. Again, this, right. this priest shall remain nameless, but he's a good priest.
2: Look, I told you not to tell anybody <laughs> about that. <laughs> I wouldn't have said you're a good Oof. priest. <laughs> Dead giveaway. <laughs> well, Rob, I'm curious. What did you preach on?
0: Oh, thanks for asking. Gosh.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I, um, I preached on the psalm this weekend, that the Lord has done great things for us. Oh, yeah. And- the psalm was
1: really good, wasn't it? I like that part about... I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh-
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But Connor, you may be interested in this. So I saw Creed 2. Oh, I did too.
1: Did
0: you did you like it?
1: I did. I wasn't as good as the first, but it was good.
0: Dude, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, But I went up to Springfield last Friday and had dinner at my brother's and with his family. And then my dad and my brother and I went to see it. And we had gone, the three of us with a couple other buddies, had gone to see Rocky Balboa in 2006. Mm. And so it just brought back, like, kind of like all these memories. And it, I don't know, the psalm just kind of sat with me of, like, all the good things God has done in my life. And then so I just pretty much talked about, like, I actually used that line that we talked about last time from Creed 1. of uh, You look hard enough, you can see your whole life from up here. And talk. You you use that in your homily. I did. I I did. I love you, man. (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks, man. Uh, But I said that that is actually like a really, really good practice for Advent of like letting things fall away and like finding a place or the place that you can see your whole life from, and like kind of letting maybe similar to what you guys were talking about, like just letting all of like the hurt and the sadness and everything like that from your life. And also like all of the goodness and all the, like the good things God has done for you in your life. And like, let that be a place of peace to experience it all and experience true joy from it. And then I was, I think I said at the end, like if you're like, it doesn't really matter if you're looking forward to Christmas or dreading Christmas um, because you don't have to make yourself feel One way or another in it Because Christmas and Advent Is not about us going to Jesus It's about Jesus coming to us And so that's the great thing That God does for us That's why our hearts are filled with joy hmm. So That was it That's really good Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Good, But dude I, I will tell you what I've maybe had a conversion of sorts Maybe similar to yours to Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, bisque, but I am pretty fired up about the Rocky movies right oh now. Gosh. I'm not going to lie.
1: So good. Yeah. And I
0: don't want it. this to be like too emotional of an experience for you, but dang, man, I did not, I did not realize yeah. how big time this character is. Yeah. <laughs> In fact,
1: I went, I went on a Friday afternoon by myself. I didn't have anything going on. Friday is normally kind of my quasi day off. So I decided, oh, I'll go see Creed. It's probably better that I see it on my own in case I need to, need a moment in the car. Um, Actually, I took the bus. So I went there and there was a lot of people there actually for a Friday Mm. at one in the afternoon and uh, sit next to a guy and his girlfriend on my right and a couple middle to late middle aged ladies on my left. And it was, it was fun to watch it with them. But at one point, you know how Rocky's, he's always bouncing that black leather or the black rubber ball wearing mm-hmm. the leather jacket and the Converse All-Stars and the fedora hat and everything. It's like his same outfit and he's waiting in the hospital and bouncing the ball against the wall. And this dude next to me is like, man, he's got that same ball from the first movie. Remember that? And he was whispering to his girlfriend. I was like, yeah, dude, in the same leather jacket and Converse All-Stars. He goes, effing legend, dude. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. And then during the ending fight. The ladies to my left were just like hooting and hollering and clapping, like
0: "Get him! Get him! Get him!" Oh it's man! Like,
1: yes, I love being here with some fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Okay, so I visited you
2: on Friday, and around one, you said you were going grocery shopping. No, yes, you, you visited me on
1: a- yes on Saturday. No, did you oh. come on Friday?
2: No, it was definitely Friday. Oh, it was a,
1: it was a week ago then. It was last Friday. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I did go grocery shopping.
2: Okay.
1: Definitely. (laughs) I'm going to to the grocery for a quick uh, three hours.
2: (laughs) I believe. Mm.
1: Well, I don't want all the listeners to just think all we do is watch movies and read books, but um, I watched another movie with my parents and my brother Tyler last night called Wonder. It's kind of a little cheesy. Oh, yeah. Kind of a... I've heard that's really good. Yeah, it was good. It was kind of a kid's teen movie. It's about a boy who has a rare disorder that's disfigured his face, and he's kind of an outcast. Well, he's homeschooled because his parents are trying to protect him, and they finally send him to fifth grade. And it's just about his first year in real school, getting bullied, making friends. And it's a typical heartwarming coming-of-age thing. But it had a nice – well, Julia Roberts was the mother, and she was really, really good in it. And, um, I thought the most interesting storyline was this daughter, her, the older sister of the boy who is very understanding, but also it, it explores her kind of neediness in that the boy gets all the attention because he's special, you know, and she, she realizes like, well, he's got it much harder than me, but still it'd be nice to get some attention from mom and dad. And she's in this play called our town which I, i'm not a play guy so i don't know <clears throat> even if it's a musical or what but she ends up being the lead in it she's actually the understudy but through various and sundry reasons she ends up doing the lead on the opening night and Do you call her a
0: thespian or a rodeo clown
1: <laughs> uh that's a good question i don't know
0: mm. continue
1: um so she does this monologue at the end and it's kind of a moment where Julia Roberts' character kind of sees her for the first time, at least in the movie. And, uh, it's very beautiful, but it, re- it reminded me and I pulled it up here. I'm just going to read. It's like a couple sentences, but of your whole thing about you can see your whole life from up here. Cause this was the moment I, I teared up a little bit, just a little bit of moisture in the corner of my eye. <laughs> just one corner. It yeah, would. she. it looks like she's dead I, Again, I don't know the story But she's wearing a white dress She might be a ghost Um And she's looking back and she goes I didn't realize all that was going on in life And we never noticed Take me back up the hill to my grave But first wait, one more look Goodbye, goodbye world Goodbye Grover's Corners, Mama and Papa Goodbye to clocks ticking Mama's sunflowers and food and coffee New iron dresses and hot baths And sleeping and waking up Oh, Earth, you're too wonderful for anybody to realize you. Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it? Every minute? I'm ready to go back. I should have listened to you. That's all human beings are, just blind people.
0: Hmm. I thought, wow, that's really (laughs) darn good. That is good, man. Wow. Sounds like that
2: girl had to go blind in order to be able to see. (laughs) (laughs) That's good.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that was really well done that's rich <laughs> are you to- wait, did you have that pulled up, or what?: Yeah, I pulled it up on the internet. So wait, that's what she quotes in the play that that's right? her in she's in the play, and that's a scene from the movie that's also a scene from the play and, mm-hmm. the, and the parents are watching, and she's and it it has the effect on the parents yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. It's good. Mm.
1: Mm. 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 Mm.
2: Yeah, dude. I think that relates to when I when I visited Connor uh, on Friday. Dude, I'm standing right he here. Was, I can hear you. "Quote unquote" grocery shopping. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm talking to Rob at this point. I'm, so, I'm okay. addressing Rob. All right. I'll be here <laughs> I'm if, if, the same if you need podcast. me. <laughs> don't worry, hey, I'm going to tie you in You all don't right. worry about it, all right? we'll give you the attention you need, okay, is this, <laughs> yeah um, ah, what was I saying, okay, when I visited you, oh yeah, I was just kind of uh, venting about the experience of uh, that I'm having of being a priest is that maybe it is just an Advent thing that's going on, but as the Lord kind of strips away these things that I've depended on for various types of I guess, fulfilling myself for the most part or trying to emotionally regulate myself or whatever, like whether it's tobacco or, um, conversations with friends or, I mean, you name it, whatever. Um, they just haven't been, um, I don't have something in the evening that I'm like rushing to get, to get to. Whereas in the past there've been times like when I was in college, just sit down and watch a bunch of TV at the end of the day and like, can't wait till my work is done or, can't wait to throw in a big chew. Um like that, all that's gone. And I was just talking about the experience of realizing as I'm going to bed or like preparing to go to bed, like, okay, I'm gonna wake up and just do the exact same thing again. I'm gonna go to class, I'm gonna celebrate mass, I'm gonna pray, and legitimately have the exact same schedule. And part of it was it's it's kind of painful because I don't have this like escape that I'm looking forward to that has been um, a, a pleasurable in a sense, mm. but at the same time, I like I, I feel like the big plea because I've I've been thinking a lot about that conversation and like what's behind that actual feeling is it, it seems that it's a call to really actually enjoy and be in the present moment mm. is like I, I even found myself doing it with a book. Like just waiting at the end of the day, like oh the book, when I when I can finally finish all of my work responsibility, then I can be into this book and like be in my own time here. Nerd. And of course, not that not that books are bad or anything, obviously, but but it's like okay, wait, I'm here with my unit right now, and like what if I just poured myself into this right now and like looked for looked for. Whatever it is I'm looking for here in this moment, like right now, instead of waiting until like just kind of saving up a portion of myself so that I can, yeah, do some reading in the evening or have this thing to, quote unquote, look forward to have this type of escape from what I'm actually supposed to do, which is to be a priest here, which is to study, which is to be with this unit. Um, So the more and more I thought about it, that just that feeling is like I do think that the Lord is asking me to to be very present and to actually enjoy not that i don't enjoy it but really to enjoy the day-to-day even if it is very monotonous at times like Mm. even still in the monotony it's possible to um and not just possible like the lord this is exactly where he wants me and it is it is possible to live this way even in quote-unquote boredom
1: and monotony um yeah, you're saying like the girl noticing hot baths and coffee and food and sleeping and waking up.
2: Yeah, but it's not even that. It's like I enjoy all of those things and that's <laughs> great. But I, what, what's played out in cell phones in restaurants where everybody is texting people who are not there while they're sitting in front of people that mm-hmm. they would be texting if they were sitting with somebody else. Huh. Like
0: this is just, just
2: mind of being elsewhere. That's well
0: said. <clears throat> yeah, or, no, that's i'm tracking on that that's Mm -hmm. good man that's really good i mean even well yeah and i don't know and again i mean i've talked i guess recently the last month or two or whatever about just unplugging a little bit from that and and it doesn't you're right like it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be just with like some type of technology or whatever but just like being present, especially amongst people, man. Well, last I think it was last week or two weeks ago, just kind of like had everything finished up um, on a day, and it might have been my day off, we had confessions, that's right, because it was my day off, but we had confessions most of the day um, at the grade school, and so I was here, and it was like mid-morning, and so I had the evening free and just text, uh, shout out to Father Mark Tracy, uh, good buddy. And we just met in the middle, and like grabbed dinner and caught a movie, and it was so awesome. As opposed to like, I don't know, just like watching Netflix or whatever. Just some type of like human interaction was so good um, on that. But tell me if this resonates uh, with that Mets, because I have this desire to. I want to go this year, possibly to the like the state basketball tournament in Peoria hmm, which is gross. always like a heat yeah. yeah and that's all that's like a old timer thing totally at least like the guys uh, that that's a, <laughs> what's that that's a total old timer thing it is especially the guys around like where I grew up and I'm serious on that like guys maybe like 10 years older than my dad and and up that used to be a huge thing is that you would go and get tickets to like however many games and you drive up because it's always in Peoria and you know because it's Chicago schools too and like Peoria is a huge basketball like pipeline as well so I mean there's a lot of like I remember the t-shirts players. when our
1: when our team went a couple of years in a row to the tournament we had t-shirts Peoria bound in the Peoria shape, bound. Of, shape, yep. shape of Illinois with the little star where Peoria's at
0: and I thought man I just want to do that like I want to get a couple of like whether it's priest buddies or whatever and just go up there and like yeah, I don't want to fly out to like the Big Ten tournament or mm-hmm. like go to anything like that. I want to go to Peoria and watch like high school basketball for a couple of days and just like hang out with some guys, you know? Um, That's very fun. That's a cool yeah. idea. Yeah. So I guess, I, I mean, I hadn't even thought about it, but if you guys want to go, let me know.
1: Mm. We, could we yeah, podcast we... from there? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting <laughs> live from the <laughs> Illinois State <laughs> Tournament. Mm Hmm. IHSa. (laughs) Yeah, we. I get to do
2: that when I go home with my family, like the wrestling tournaments to watch my little brothers. It's a ton of, um, it just people really just sitting around and waiting for their their children to wrestle or waiting for siblings to wrestle or teammates to wrestle, and I I think that is like a big part of what makes sports so enjoyable. Is um, it, it kind of creates this culture where you gotta interact with other people. You gotta interact mm-hmm. and you, you gotta relate to others. Um
0: Yeah, and there's something to well I guess with like the Peoria thing, but it's like that it's I don't know, not it's just,
2: spectacular.
0: Or, well and oh, well. but like I mean think in the last in the last ten years, like I don't even know. I mean Jabari Parker would have played there. Oh, um wow. the who was the guy Uh, for Kentucky that's so good the big guy he was a Chicago kid Um, Anthony Davis Anthony Davis was a Chicago guy I think he played in Peoria. I'm not positive on that Um, well Derek
2: Rose would have been
0: there I mean yeah I mean certainly like you can keep listening but it's just there's something about two of like yeah I could like watch highlight reels of them and read about their recruiting profile on 247 Sports and then hear about how Illinois is in their top three, but they pick to go somewhere else. Of course. Uh, um, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's like, or I could just go for a day and like, yeah. Yeah, well, dude, this is... This is and, and it's yeah. not, that's not, like the thing itself is not that important, but like stuff like right. that actually right. is.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, and I'm glad that I'm able to, to talk about this because it actually something that helps shape the question that I think I was trying to ask or just talking about without actually knowing what I was asking about, was helped. Connor said, um, I'm still talking about you like you're not here. <laughs> but Connor, do you remember that time that you said, um, oh, well, we were talking about parenting. You're like, do you think parents are disappointed at some point? Or do they, they feel this sadness? Like, that parenting, that this is it. This is parenting. Where you, that it's, it, it may not always be completely chalked up the way that we imagine it to be.
1: Mm.
2: That sometimes in life and sometimes in vocation, that it doesn't have to be this like wildly, not even just dramatic, but it doesn't have to be the way that we want it to be. Mm. And that it, it's okay. And actually, I think the great task in living the vocation is to, to accept the way that it comes to us instead of trying... It, So instead of me trying to create the priesthood to look exactly whatever I want it to look like, is this more acceptance of the day-to-day reality that God wants to give me. That, like, yeah, it, it may not look super flashy or fantastic, but I am asked to be a student right now and sit in a room by myself on a chair and type on a computer for however many hours a day. And sometimes parenting looks like like coming home and waiting for your child to wake up from a nap. Mm-hmm. And that's legitimately it. That's going to be your job and you're going to feed them and you're going to change their poop diaper and clean the room and then like sit and watch them, which is great. I, like that's the that's the thing is that is great. And so it's actually being able to live in the reality to accept reality as it is instead of trying to throw a bunch of stuff on it or like uh, – trying to make, make it into something that you want it to be instead of accepting it the way that God is giving it to you. And I think it's a tension. There's a real tension there because you got to... I mean, you, I guess you do have to let stuff go, but it's tough to just accept the, the little things. It's really tough to accept the little things.
1: So I don't know if that makes sense, but I think... It does. Uh, it's the, the living in the present, appreciating it. But it's also, I think, the the reliance on relationships rather than objects to regulate your emotional, um, ups and downs, uh, which uh, I think is to Rob's Peoria point too, is that there are ordinary things that you can do, but simply because you're, it's not the basketball that's going to make you look forward to going to Peoria. It's the people that you're going to go with. It's the, all the people that are there and the energy that's in the room. And, um, to your point about, you know, like the, feeling like the reward for getting through this day is that you get to go do another day the day after and that sort of monotony and I want to even futility of thinking like what what is this really about what's the end game especially having been used to growing up thinking like okay five more years of this i go to junior high three more years of this i go to high school four more years of this i go to college four more years of this i go to whatever seminary six more years of this i'll be a priest when we're your STL, I get out in the parish and then you get out in the parish. And that was my feeling. It was like, I'm 30 years old and now I just <laughs> do this till I die. <laughs> you know, like I feel like you're, you're, um, encountering what I did. Uh, podcast listeners may remember four years ago. Um, but yeah, the, a hard lesson I learned was that you cannot rely on any object to make you feel better when you are. Experiencing that kind of existential, um, whatever it is, angst, apathy, sadia, longing, desire, um, basically being a creature, realizing that you are totally contingent on God, uh, and that your plans don't really matter. You don't even matter except that God loves you, um, and so you you rely on him, but then his presence is often mediated through your friendships, through the people that you are serving. And you don't always want to do that. Like your example at the base, you're like, oh man, I could just, once I'm done talking to these people, I can go read that book that I know I will like. And then you go and you read the book and you're like, oh man, I should have stayed longer, you know? And there's just like that biting feeling in the back of your head. Well, I should go visit this person, even though I, I would rather just have a night inside messing with garage band and trying to make a stupid song but I'll, i know i'll feel better even though i don't want to right now go reach out and take the risk of being in relationship with, with another person so that's what i hear you guys saying or at least my interpretation of it does that make any sense
2: yeah i, I think i actually confused myself a bit more no <laughs> no no i mean it's true it's just I think at the heart of it is sometimes life is disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, sometimes you feel, you feel disappointed. Like this, is this it? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it is, this is, this is it. (laughs) Like this is it. Is this This it? it. Yes, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, and, and it's not like, oh, I got to look really hard to see it. It's, oh, okay, this is what God has given me, meaning this is it. This is where I need to be. And so it's not even like working hard to enjoy stuff or something like that. It's, no, I trust that God actually has a better plan than I do. And he's the one who's going to fulfill me. That He's This is his vocation, so I want to live it the way that he wants to live it. I think in a lot of ways it's just kind of dying to the expectation of the way that we think life is going to be. Which mm. is very, very mm. existential and abstract, but like in the practical, I do think that, yeah, that that kind of plays itself out. I mean, like in movies, oftentimes I think it's, there's always these parts when parents are talking about their children in a very honest way, and they talk about like sometimes how much they dislike the various things that their children do, or like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I just want to get away from these monsters. And they say it jokingly and lovingly, you know, And but I think people enjoy it, they relate to it because it's like, oh, okay, sometimes reality, sometimes this vocation or what I'm asked to do is not always, it's not always what I'm expecting. And in there, there's that that separation between what I expect and what it actually is. That's okay that it exists like that, but it's actually being able to accept it instead of running from it. Hmm. So I I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I guess that's kinda what it, what I'm experiencing. And then the the I the other thing is the more I lean into it, then the more I realize like, yeah, this this is beautiful and this actually is where the Lord is. He doesn't want me to be anywhere else, he doesn't want it to be in any other way or else he'd make it that way. So I just need to to continue to accept it. So
0: <laughs> All right, hey, Mike. Do, you need I, to get.
1: you need to get after it, dude.
2: Yeah, well, and I. I, I want do. to talk to you guys for like five to ten minutes offline. Cut it. Are you ready? Okay. Three dogs north are juice.
0: Ducks.
2: Good girl.